You are listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. It's that time of the week again. Dr. Rasha Batar is back. We're doing some advanced medicine. And Dr. Batar, have you ever worn a bow tie? I actually have once when I was a little kid. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was going to disqualify you immediately if, it, as an adult, you wore one. That's just my fashion statement for the night. <laughs> but no, I, the, I have never worn one when I, since I've been an adult, no. Yeah, and, and that doesn't include, of course, tuxedos, where a bow tie is appropriate, of course. But, well, I haven't uh, and, worn a tuxedo, I think, since, uh, since like, prom. True, yeah. You were, like, the, the outlier at the uh, Truth About Cancer big event right. we had in Nashville. We were all in tuxes, and you, now nah, you're in blue jeans. No, you weren't in blue jeans. You were dressed quite nicely, actually. But different yeah, as no, it were no bow tie. now why do i bring up the bow tie because i have no idea this guy bill nye the bow tie no uh, bill nye the science guy they call him right right he's like the self-proclaimed or you know he's got a show maybe he's all about science he's about debunking things maybe he's about kids i don't know we're all about science we like science right nothing against it and we agree that you can change your mind or your perspective on things that you thought at one time were accurate and now they're not but this guy goes in, has a meeting with Monsanto, apparently. He, he was actually openly saying, you know what, I, I'm not thinking these GMOs are really a good idea. They could be problematic. And then suddenly comes out and says, you know what, they're, they're so awesome, these GMOs. They're, and I quote here now, an important and perhaps essential component of modern farming. Now, he didn't just say, I've changed my mind a little. He was like, man, they could be essential. And I was well, like, it's actually, It's actually, that part was, was, uh, disturbing somewhat. Yes, I agree with you, and that's the reason that I felt. I mean, you know how often I stand in a story, like once every six months, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, this was not a story that actually my wife sent in. This was actually not the executive producer, but I actually sent this one in, and the reason was was because of the person who wrote the story, this Dr. Robert T. Fraley, the executive vice president and chief technology officer from Monsanto. What I found really amusing was how he equates Bill Nye with uh, some of these great scientists that had made mistakes and admitted that they'd made mistakes, like Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein. And he goes on to talk about how some of these things that um, uh, these great scientists, Stephen Hawking, he talks about these people, how they made mistakes and they admitted it. And he, and he comes up at the bat and says, so too bad for the Beatles fans, but good for science. Uh, all we, have, uh, we all have blinders and we all make mistakes. So we keep studying, and when the evidence tells us we've been wrong, we admit it, just like Bill Nye did. You know, the, the garbage that is coming out of this guy is just unbelievable. I don't know what they paid Bill Nye, but anybody with one freaking synapse, which means yes. that you have two neurons that are connecting each other, right? One synapse knows that when you genetically modify something and adjust it and change it and adulterate it and mutilate it and deform it from the creator's ultimate design, you are not doing the smart thing. You are, you are, it's never smart to mess with Mother Nature, is the bottom line. Well, it, it, it feeds into the arrogance of um, the worship of the mind, right? While I respect the mind as a tool, if you let it run the show, it has no conscience. 
it will run roughshod over creation. As we've seen, you know, the developments of man and all of his arrogance has destroyed more than it's created, if you will. And I recognize that we've been granted free will, and I think one of the greatest gifts we have is our imagination. But to do so in destruction, in destruction to say, I can do better than the Creator. I can outcreate you. Like the Creator made a mistake here. He, he should have, you know, put a, a tomato gene with a fish gene and, and put them together. I mean, that, and this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. And these scientists, I think they lack that essential connection or they're denying it to creation itself. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly or too strongly, but I have a sense that they're lacking something very important here. Well, I think you're giving them um, a lot of credence here, actually, because I think there's just something a, a lot more either simpler or more sinister at hand. Um, perhaps, perhaps I'm uh, I mean, perhaps you're too naive, or I mean, perhaps I'm too um, militant. I don't know, but I think mm-hmm. that there's something else more than just them not giving credence. I think that this it's darker than that. I I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Sure. I'm not really a pessimistic type of person, though. You know that, right, Robert? Oh, I, yeah, I know. And I look at this guy, Bill Nye, and he probably is a nice guy, for all I know. I mean, I don't know him personally. But if you go into Monsanto, and I know he claims that he wasn't paid anything to do this, but there are other ways where you're not paid directly where you benefit. For instance, like Dr. Mehmet Oz. We've talked about Dr. Oz. In some ways, he's done some good stuff to be on TV. He's opened people up to certain supplements and things, and that's cool. But at the same time... When his handlers say, you've gone too far, he'll often back down and basically like do vaccines on his show, for instance. Now, yeah, and of course, he's not really getting them. He's got saline that's being injected, and it's not through... Um, of course he knows better. Right, of course. And, and, you know, the other way you can benefit, too, is like if, if you say, if you don't say what we want you to say, we'll break both your legs. So the benefit there is you don't get your legs broken. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or you lose your media status. Bill Nye no longer going to be the science guy. Bill Nye is going to be yesterday's guy. And, yeah. and, you know, this is the way the game is played at that level. There are billions of dollars at stake here. And in, in this case, for a guy to be the science guy and suddenly say a statement as strong as it could be essential an essential component of modern farming? I, I just, you know, I'm at a loss unless, again, he's holding stock. Maybe he wasn't paid that moment, but somehow you've, you've sold your soul to something that, something else. And again, I, do you, am I making sense, Dr. Batar, when I talk about the mind as a tool as opposed to that which is in control? Absolutely. No, you are making sense. You know, I like this quote, too, in the beginning of the article where it says, the first principle of science is that you must not fool yourself, and you are the easiest person to fool, and this is attributed to Richard uh, Feynman. And uh, it's interesting that they're using that to talk about Bill Nye. Well, couldn't this also, quote, still be attributed to the Monsanto people? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, the thing is, they've been rejected in many places around the world. There's rumors, and I haven't been to their cafeteria, that their cafeteria does not serve GMO food because they know better that people don't want it. And, of course, the, the Seralini study, which has now been duplicated and even extended, and, you know, the Seralini won a court case, I believe, in Italy because what they claimed about him. Uh, you know, there's enough evidence to say, you know what, you have not proved that it's safe. Maybe they could say, well, you haven't proved that it causes cancer, right? They'll always say that. But where is the, uh, I, I, when we say the, 
fall on the side of a little bit of safety studies before you go hog wild and say, let's le- unleash this on the environment. Yep, exactly, and on the human population. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, un- completely an unknown what the biological burden is on the system, uh, on the biological system at least, uh, when you start to manipulate the genetic code and, and modify these various genes in these various types of substances that we consume and then by definition assimilate to our own systems because we're uh, utilizing these substances as nutritional basis and so it incorporates it becomes incorporated within our own dna mm-hmm. and what is the implications long-term implications what are the short-term implications we have no idea yeah we just probably are in a in a no man's land well, and, the, and Monsanto has paid, I don't know, ex, I don't know, is this hundreds of thousands to millions to, to fund research laboratories and universities like the University of Florida in Gainesville. And, you know, we have helped, along with Natural News, to out these folks that are actually shills and attack dogs for Monsanto and the biotech industry for anybody who questions these things. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an incredibly uh, irresponsible thing. And actually, you know, Robert, I know this is ad hoc. But I've got mm-hmm. my uh, uh, my instructor, Senior Master Antonio Rodriguez, here with me from Washington D.C. He's visiting, and you know it's interesting that being a martial artist, uh, it has it has nothing to do with medicine or health. But one of the things that one of our some of our longest discussions, in fact, and especially with his wife, uh, Master Warnes, has been about health and and the implications of vaccines and and the biological mm-hmm. burden on our system. In fact. Master Rodriguez, you want to say hello to everybody? Because of... Hello, everybody. Come hello, down. Master Rodriguez. Nice to hear your voice. You've yes. done well. You've done well with your student. Yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. But, you know, one of the things that I found really interesting is the, the broad spectrum of how the audience um, is increasing. And I actually spoke at uh, Senior Master Rodriguez's third anniversary uh, presentation at, um, in Washington, D.C. over the weekend, and, and I gave two different lectures. One was very well received. It was on the seven toxicities, and we talked about the Smart Kids Move program that we were launching, uh, which is involving movement and uh, improvement in academic function and cognitive function. But the other component was, because I didn't want to have to repeat myself in the evening lecture, I brought up the thing about the vaccines. I asked how many people want to know about that. And a lot of people raised their hands, so we talked about vaccines. And this is a little bit off topic from Monsanto and such, but it was amazing at the end uh, some people were very offended and came up and told uh, some of the instructors that this was not the appropriate venue, while others came up to me and said, thank you for saying that. It, it, was, it was something that we believed in for a long time, but we wanted to, we, we're glad that you said it because it needs to be said. And because we're not medical, we're lay people, you know, nobody takes us seriously, so we appreciate you saying it. It was very passionate on both extremes. I even had a 12-year-old that came up to me and thanked me for the presentation and said, that was really, really incredible. I'm so glad that you said all the things that you said, and I want to make sure my mom and dad know about it. So wow. you know, it, it was interesting to see that even the students, and I mean, in your experience, sir, how many how many times have you had parents or, or people talk about the issues of the nutrition or vaccines or whatever in, your, in the schools, which has nothing to do with health? They don't. They don't. They don't talk. They don't. They don't share. But they. They will like it. But every time we try, talk individually with them, they really like to know. But they are yes. afraid to talk in, in public or in front of everybody. Right. But right. Many times they think in the, the way that you are, and they would like to hear that information. But they are not open 
to receive that information in public because they are afraid of the confronta- confrontation. The you know what? I, I think the martial arts schools would be a great venue for us to talk more about these things very directly and openly. And, of course, we've talked about it, too, in the churches and the synagogues and the mosques to recognize that uh, our worship of modern medicine has done us a great disservice. You know, outside of the improvements in sanitation, hygiene, and nutrition, uh, and of course, emergency trauma interventions. But in terms of prevention of disease with drugs and vaccines, we've gone horribly awry, as Bill Nye has done in his embrace of genetically engineered so-called foods. We've got a lot more healing to do on advanced medicine here with Dr. Rashid Batar. Check out medicalrewind.com for easy access to hundreds of hours of archives as well. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. Who's going to protect us from GMOs? Will it be EPA? Not bloody likely, as we find these alphabet soup agencies more in line with protecting the economic interest of industry than the health interest of the people, of we the people. Throughout uh, the dawn of, well, when Harvey Wiley established the food uh, uh, drug, the Pure Food Act in the early part of the 20th century, it was a good thing. It really was. It was like, no, we're not going to allow the chemicals to alter and poison the people by altering the food supply, adulterating it. But, of course, that evolved over the 20th century, and the FDA became a de facto protection racket for drug industry, as the EPA has become a de facto protection racket for polluters. Oh, well, you want to pay us a fine? That's fine. We'll let you pollute some more. And in the case of Flint, Michigan, we looked the other way while lead was being leached out of the pipes, right? And then while all this was going on, Dr. Batar, evidently they elevated the acceptable level of Monsanto's Roundup glyphosate on fruits and vegetables, not just by a little bit, but by significant amounts. And we know, as you've written about in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, I don't think this would fall under persistent organic pollutants, these uh, pesticides. They belong in nobody. There is no pesticide deficiency disease in any child or animal or human adult. And yet, the EPA says, well, we'll raise the levels while everybody's looking at lead in Flint, Michigan. But I don't think that they, they've, uh, they've publicized that. I think this was done silently, was it not? Yes, it was done in a very quiet way, in a way that was supposed to not be anybody catching attention to it. But, of course, now there are ways to do this. Uh, the uh, uh, community's digital news picked up on this, and they say, uh, the rise in tolerance levels for a glyphosate residue came as a result of a petition prepared by Monsanto in early 2012. And the FDA didn't perform independent tests on whether these levels were dangerous or not. It relied on tests, guess what, provided by Monsanto, just like Bill Nye did in making his decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it just kind of proves, and in fact, while skimming this article, Exactly what I was thinking is stated in the article. It proves that the EPA has been bought by Monsanto. Yeah, ex- exactly. And the thing is, as much like I, I love your brother Shahid. You know, he he's, he comes from the political spectrum on the left, but he's also a very much freedom-oriented guy. And and I'm not saying this about your brother, but a lot of people on the political left who may be motivated by good thoughts, we want to protect the public, sometimes overlook the fact that we centralize a bureaucracy and give it all the power 
that those with all the money will buy into that power and the people will be left out in the cold. And the argument from the Ron Paul school of libertarianism says, you know what, allow the people in the states to handle this, make it a personal or private property matter, and let them, if they violate your right to clean water, clean air, clean food, that they would be liable to suit, and they would be sued out of that behavior before they could harm anybody significantly over the time that the EPA placates them and enables them. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fantastic idea. But, it, but that point is lost on those who think it is only the government and a large centralized bureaucracy that can protect us when the evidence shows it's our reliance on a large and large centralized bureaucratic oligarchy that has aligned itself with interests that no one human, even Bill Gates, who could care less about this issue, would be able to buy the influence that these Monsantos or these Mercs and Pfizers can buy. Yeah, I think that it's uh, historically proven that any significant change Anything that was significant, uh, had any significance from a social impact standpoint, has always come about not based upon uh, the reliance of government or, you know, society or educational, whatever it is. It's always based upon the outcry of the public. And it's when the public's outcry gets to a certain point, that is the only thing that has motivated change. And as long as we don't forget that, that it is not what we think motivates change it's not the government or 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 as you say some of these um uh bureaucratic letters. agencies exactly it's it's never the case it's always a, a, a very simple component and that is the public outcry the public uh, tiring of the of the status quo that has made the impetus behind change uh, effective exactly and and in the case of Flint, Dr. Batar, wouldn't it have been better had, instead of providing bottled water to these folks, provide filters for them in every household to filter out the things that we know we can filter out? But no, we're waiting for government to correct it. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. All right, when we come back from this break, we'll talk with Dr. Batar about cancer cures that the FDA does not really care that you, well, they do care, but not about you knowing about it, as long as you don't know about it. They're good. When you find out about it, uh-oh, trouble. We're going to raise some trouble after this. The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. From the international best-selling book by Dr. Rasha Bittar, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. We also have a story here out of our friends at Natural News about uh, nine cancer cures that the medical mafia doesn't want you to know about. And, of course, we've talked over the years about many different things that you've used strategically and in practice and in assisting folks to recover, as we say, we're not the healers. Nature, God is the healer. If people are willing to get out of their way and believe that it's possible, then suddenly all healing becomes possible by definition. I mean, that's the power we've been given. But sometimes we need to know what to do. What are the substances that can help us? I don't know if you're able to go through any of these nine uh, that are on this list. I know it's not an exhaustive list, but there's some good ones here. Yeah, actually, I did. So, number, I don't know if, what the order is in terms of its highest priority or lowest, but we'll just go through them. As we see them, turmeric, which is interesting, it's uh, 
uh, I guess it's related to an ancient Indian Ayurvedic spice as well. When we talk about uh, curcumin as well, but uh, this is uh, number one on the list, and people are learning about this here in the states. Yeah, curcumin is uh, is definitely a, a good one and has been used quite extensively. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's a derivative from turmeric, which is the actual Indian spice, and that's known in Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years. Yeah, um, it's actually the basis of a lot of the curries. You're you're exactly right. Which I do love a good curry. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But don't spill it on your clothes. It'll never come out. <laughs> I don't know if it's staining the cancer to death or what, but it does something good. Well, I think there's, it's pretty interesting what all all the substances in this list. They're all they're all actually pretty uh, pretty good. There, there's nothing on here that I saw that. I would not agree that it had uh, some either immunogenic properties or properties that could be potentially beneficial from a detoxification standpoint or whatever the case may be. So um, I thought the I thought it was a pretty good list. Yeah, I think number two on the list has become a favorite of mine over the past couple of years, the hemp seed oil. And, of course, we've been working with the CBD for all of its uh, wonderful properties. But even as a, a, a nutrient source, cannabis sativa, as they say, the hemp plant, uh, that has the not, not the THC content so much to cause a, a high, per se, but there are a lot of good things within it. It references some of these things, omega-3s, omega-6, uh, 5% pure GLA, uh, which is also found in spirulina, but this is even higher than spirulina. I find that interesting. And we talk about the, the, the need of the government to keep it pr- or pretend that you can't or shouldn't be allowed to grow it because it could provide so many things that are a threat to so many industries, including the oncological industry. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, that's a very, very interesting point. What is the motivation for some of these things to not be brought to light? You know, it's kind of maybe going off, um, going on to an extreme part of what we were about to talk about. I don't know whether you want to really get into this, but I've sure. often thought about this. What is the motivation for um, anyone? whether it be industry or whether it be governmental agency or whether it be individuals, what would be the motivation to not let people at least try this stuff? Because the one thing we know for sure mm-hmm. is none of these things cause any harm. You know, some people may argue and say, like, let's look at melatonin. Well, melatonin, you know, it has no relationship with sleep. Well, you know, melatonin is actually an antioxidant. That's probably the reason they're talking about this, and it does have many um, other aspects. In fact, it talks about melatonin reducing oxidative damage in this particular article. Yes. What could be the motivation to not let people know? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should check in with Bill Nye. I'm, yeah, exactly. Maybe we should talk to Bill <laughs> Nye. Exactly. You know, I like the number five. Uh, did you notice number five? No, I hadn't gotten down to that one yet. Let's see. Yeah, number five was just a really good one. It just says real spring water without added fluoride. <laughs> right, yeah, basically. And the food, the water, if you will, as it bubbles out of the ground uh, in a clean source way, has a lot of things that are wonderful as long as you don't add the, you know, the halide, if you will. And that increases uptake of heavy metals. This is problematic as to why, like in Flint, Michigan, or these other municipal systems, they're spending hundreds of thousands to millions, depending on the size of the city, a year to add a toxic waste product of phosphate and aluminum mining and it guarantees that in your aging pipes if there are any heavy metals they're going to be grabbed in, and they're going to be more absorbed than anything than ever before without the fluoride even yeah I, I just thought it was kind of funny because it says you know real spring water without added fluoride so it's almost like saying 
clean water without poison. Uh, right, exactly. Imagine that. And you know, moment of duck, couldn't it? Just like you know, it almost is. We we were we're going to have one. Hopefully, we'll fit one in. Now, uh, there was a funny uh, image. Our, our friend Liam Sheff, who wrote official stories, put together an image, and it has a reporter in a field of of hemp. And he's saying, breaking news, top scientists around the world have discovered hemp plants that run on solar energy. These plants provide food, oil for generators, and building materials at a low cost and grow like weeds. They are illegal in America. Back to you, Dr. Batar. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how, how, look at all the stuff that it could be doing, and you understand the threat it poses to so many industries. Yeah. Well, the history of it is what's most intriguing to me because I did not know the history uh, behind hemp, I, I really had no idea that it was the entire uh, movement to make marijuana evil was really motivated by uh, an industrialist who was vested in the paper industry and owned all the all the uh, forests or all the. Right, William Randolph Hearst, and we went into that and unlocked the power to heal as well with Ty Bollinger, a good friend. Uh, but yeah, these are the the backstories. The rest of the stories is such that uh, I think people are finally waking to, as you mentioned, you know, in talking about your Master Rodriguez and talking to the martial arts crew. Uh, a lot of folks that are even in the health are still uh, overwhelmed when they hear anybody questioning some of their. Uh, for lack of a better way to say it, religious dogma about vaccinations. And they don't want that to come out because that means they'll have to confront beliefs that are uncomfortable to them. Right, right, exactly. And this comes back to that um, that quote that I shared with you once about uh, my uh, my lab partner who had made this uh, statement. I don't know whether it was his original statement or whether he was quoting somebody, but he who controls, he who dictates, he who dictates the narrative controls history. Right, yeah. You basically can erase one line from history, and you've got the future in your palm. Exactly. And, of course, by eliminating how we got here, as we talked about the medical monopoly many times over the years, and which is why we don't look to Democrats or Republicans to correct the messes that they don't even understand how they happened or occurred. Uh, it, you know, this is the point where we have to bring that healing back home where it belongs to each and every one of you. I covered a story last hour where a Canadian family is being attacked by the government there because they had one child who died and they claimed it was from a vaccine preventable disease that they weren't vaccinated for. But all of the autopsy reports were completely inconclusive. And what they were trying to do is establish a backdoor because in Canada, they're not allowed by their own constitution to mandate vaccines, interestingly enough. And so they're looking for a legal precedent to say they weren't providing necessary care or necessary support, necessary nutrition, whatever they wanted to call it, for the health of their child. And so that they could criminalize parents if something were to happen similar, that they could say, oh, look, that could have been prevented from a va- by a vaccine. Never mind that the vaccine is shown to harm, injure, or even kill and fail at the same time. But that's not what they were looking to do. So it was a backdoor attempt in Canada. I didn't know that this uh, that they are by mandate they're not allowed to um, vaccinate. Well, yeah, it's, it's basically a prohibition against mandating things like this. Like I don't think it says specifically vaccines, but if the language is clear enough in their constitution that they can't mandate it the way they've done in, for instance, California and other states here in the United States. So they're looking for a backdoor criminal precedent in the courts at this point. And this young man and his family, beautiful family with this tragedy happening to their youngest child, uh, is, uh, is interesting. It could be retaliation because their father 
uh, has st- established a company called True Hope that provided really good supplements in ca- in the Canadian market, and they often took took uh, took on the Canadian government for their freedom to provide these supplements. So it might be retaliation down the generations. Hmm, that's interesting. I- I'm familiar with that company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did a lot so, of pressing stuff with uh, nutritional based uh, altercation for neuro. Uh, the, the yes, you remember it. Yeah, they particularly were working with uh, mental disorders or neurological disorders with great success, and that that got the ire of the regulatory bodies conflicted with pharmaceutical interest at Health Canada. Right. In fact, uh, I think if I remember the story right, the, the gentleman who started the company has uh, a lot of his family members. I think his his wife ended up committing suicide because of mental health issues, and then he had a child that actually did the same thing, and it was pretty rampant in his family, and that's, that was his motivation to actually start uh, coming up with something that might help. And, and Exactly, yeah. Well, people. and this was his son, uh, uh, David Steffen, and a nice man. I've had him on before, but it's a, it's a heartbreaking story. But, it, again, never let a crisis go to waste if you were uh, the government and the regulatory bodies along with the drug and vaccine industry. And that's what they're trying to do in Target, and it's an outrage. It really is. breaks my heart, but my heart goes out to them. I want to get in uh, get in an update from him. Now, um, go through the list at your, at your leisure, folks. We've got it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Also, MedicalRewind.com, one of the easiest places to catch up on advanced medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Hundreds of hours for you to download for free. and Lots of other goodies you can find there. Uh, interesting here, a 90-year-old man we're, we're looking at, he rejected cancer treatment, and he decides to go on a road trip instead. I'm thinking that could be done at any age, but at 90, of course, interesting. Yeah, I think that uh, some people may say that was crazy, but the way I look at it, if you're going to do chemo radiation, I'd much rather take that option than just go on a road trip. Um, of course, there's many other options and, and that are very um, effective and, and that, that have a lot of promise. But if given the option that it's either chemo radiation or taking a road trip, by far the road trip is a better option. And I'm not saying that just loosely to be uh, you know, facetious here. There, there was a study that was done in Russia uh, it was an Armenian study, I guess it was. I had an R- Armenian doctor who worked for me for a number of years. And in the study, it was a study that they, I think, Robert, we, we may have talked about this in the past. I don't know whether we have or not. But this was a study. Did we talk about this off the air, maybe? The study that was done with uh, the breast cancer and lung cancer patients? It's been a while. Okay. So this study was done that took lung cancer patients and it took breast cancer patients. It was never translated into English, by the way. But they uh, did this study, and what was interesting was that they divided the patient population into uh, of, of both, uh, both types of cancer into one group that they were going to treat conventionally, meaning radiation and uh, chemo. Uh, the other group they did nothing for, absolutely nothing. And they wanted to see what was the, the, the basically took lung cancer and good vitamins you have and breast cancer you have. Stand by, Dr. Bittar. we got a break. We're going to find out what happened after the break in this study whether they did chemo radiation or nothing, who fared better. And we have a moment of doubt we're going to squeeze in related to recovery from heart attacks as well. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
special hour each week with Dr. Rashi Bittar as we do advanced medicine. Archives available all over the place, including our syndicator GCN and MedicalRewind.com, also at RobertScottBell.com. Now, Dr. Bittar, you were telling the story, and I, I think I want to assume most people maybe not know this the outcome when you're talking about chemo, radiation versus nothing in terms of these cancer patients, but the outcome was a bit of a shock, was it not? Yeah, exactly. So they had two, two groups of lung cancer and two groups of breast cancer, one group of lung cancer, one group of breast cancer that did conventional chemo radiation, whatever was indicated, and the other two groups of lung cancer and breast cancer, no intervention. In fact, no modification of even lifestyle. If they had high-risk behavior, they were allowed to do it. If they smoked, they drank, whatever, they, there was nothing that they were told to stop. They were just told, just continue doing living life the normal way that you are. So even from our basis, Robert, no manipulation or change in lifestyle. And what they found was an average of three points. It was, it was amazing. The people that had chemo and radiation versus the people that had no treatment, the people that had no treatment had a 3.8 times the uh, length, uh, span of life than the people that uh, ended up having chemo and radiation. So that meant that if the group that had chemo and radiation lived a month, the other group that had no treatment lived 3.8 months. Or if they wow. lived one year, the, the chemotherapy radiation group lived a year, the other group lived 3.8 years. So it was pretty 380% increase in lifespan. Wow, relative to having the active aggressive treatment. Of course, it makes sense to us. So why would you destroy everything like napalm in the jungles of Vietnam and expect that you're going to be healthier for that? And exactly. this is the... the that this guy, this the story, you know, where the 90-year-old just goes uh, on, a, on a trip. Takes and, off. He, he, he's wise enough to know better. Exactly. You must have read that study. Yeah, but on on you know so many issues, um, you know the medical uh, dunderheads are dunderheads. I mean, what can we say? I mean, there's an article here about Stanford scientists urging pregnant women to get mercury laden flu shots because they admit they were wrong about weakened immune systems during pregnancy. They used to think, oh well, in order to prevent the body from attacking the fetus, we think that the immune system is weakened during pregnancy. Well, it turns out no. Experts are now finding that the immune system's enhanced while carrying the child. I mean. I just want to. I just want to call them idiots. What they're doing here. You can go and call them idiots. I, I, I won't. I won't get upset with you. Okay. Well, that's that's how I feel about it. When when they, it's like, what do you got to do? Well, that's why I don't worship the mind here. I, we love to engage the mind. I mean, we use the mind as a tool. But man, don't worship it. And that's the problem. And you you get to that point and you lose. Just like we said on the GMO issue, connection to unintended consequences recognition to be a little bit humble in the face of creation that you don't know better that in, if we can mimic it learn from it and, I, and identify and duplicate it that's one thing but now create it we don't have time to go in a story about u.s intelligence uh guy uh, james clapper saying that gene editing with this new technology is more like a weapon of mass destruction we might have to visit that next week if you don't mind yeah, yeah, I think that's a great story, though. We, we probably do need to cover that. Yeah, a whole other level of genetic engineering. This is not. Uh, uh, this is a whole different thing. This this gene editing. We'll get into it. But for now, uh, let's talk about people recovering from heart attacks. What might precipitate a better recovery? It's today's moment of duh. What are you people on dope? <laughs> Amalgamated association of morons. Local six and seven eight. You're crazy! What is your major malfunction? 
Yes, today's Moment of Dust, sponsored by the Romper Room uh, School of Fitness. <laughs> they figured this out, Dr. Batar, that physically fit folks may bounce back better after a heart attack than those who are not physically fit. Yeah, I bet you that they would also figure out that uh, those that were physically fit probably had a lesser incidence of heart attacks, too. I'm sure of it. But imagine that, that they had to do a study to say physically fit people may be less likely to become depressed after a heart attack. I mean, I mean, we, we know that there is depression associated with heart attacks and heart insufficiencies, but that also is preceded by many mineral deficiencies prior to even the heart attack occurring. Yep, yep, exactly. You know, I, I guess the point there is, though, that if you've been, if you've been involved with a regular exercise program, chances of uh, feeling uh, as if you, you don't have any control, may, if that may be part of that. Uh, I'm not sure, sure, sure. Everybody, get moving, please. Do a little fitness. You got an extra day today to do it, but there's a lot more healing to come in the coming days, weeks, and months. Thank you, Dr. Batar, for another wonderful advanced medicine session. Thank you, Robert. Time to remind you, folks, it's true. The power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.